And now you hate him? Yes, Walter. He's so mean to me. Every time I buy a dress or a pair of shoes, he yells his head off. He never lets me go anywhere. He keeps me shut up. He's always been mean to me. Even his life insurance all goes to that daughter of his. Nothing for you at all, huh? No, and nothing is just what I'm worth to him. So you lie awake in the dark and listen to him snore and get ideas? Walter, I don't want to kill him. I never did. Not even when he gets drunk and slaps my face. And that's from Double Indemnity. Family businesses. Think about that. Think of people you know who are in family businesses, maybe even yourself. When I say that, what comes to mind? Is it hugs and kisses and family gatherings and picnics or backstabbing, power grabs, and some sibling rivalry on the job? One young mom feels that the family business is destroying her husband and destroying her, her husband and their family. The her husband is abusing her. He comes home from work after a spat with his partner. Now guess who his partner is? It's his brother. And he takes it out on everyone in their home. Now that includes their one-year-old son who comes running up to him, Daddy, 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 and Daddy frowns and moves away. He screams at his wife. He gets physical with her, and it gets worse. His parents live with them, so he's very cranky towards them. Now, remember, Dad owns the business. So how is this wife to deal with this? They're all trapped in this nightmarish world every single day. I'll answer her later in the show. And have you ever considered just leaving work, picking up and leaving and going into an entirely new field? Well, one listener, Dave, asked me, can you help me realize that jobs come and go and all will be well? Because that's exactly what he wants to do. He's having a lot of stress on his job, a lot of problems with a supervisor, and human resources is, is involved now. And he wants to just pick up and leave, but he too has a family to support. So how does he deal with that situation? He feels trapped also. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. That means you matter, your happiness matters. You can pick up the phone and give me a call right now and ask me any question that you'd ask a counselor or a therapist. I'm a psychologist and a clinical psychologist, and I can take your questions. And even though it's not therapy, it's a way for us to, for me to give you some advice that will maybe put a little glint of hope in your mind and um, a smile on your face. Uh, Right now, I want to turn to the phones um, and take a, a call from a woman who could definitely use a smile on her face. I want to end my life, but I have a daughter, and I can't do it with her. I don't know what to do. I hate my life. I'm so unhappy. I can't succeed in this world. Okay, now that's very tragic. I hate my life. I'm so unhappy. I can't succeed in this world. I want to end my life. I want to end it, but I have a daughter, and I don't feel I can do it. So what do you do when you're in that situation, when you feel so enormously stressed out, you feel hopeless, you feel it's beyond sad, you've already concluded that there is absolutely no hope in this world. How do you pull yourself out of that funk? Well, one really good piece of information is out of all the radio shows to call, you called one that's titled The Rational Basis of Happiness, and you're seeking advice. So there's a a real 
lot of hope in you for you to take that action. And that's what you want to grow within yourself. You want to recognize that a part of you wants to live. This is not a done deal in your mind. A part of you desperately would like to be happy, desperately would like to live, desperately would like to have some good times with your daughter. So what do you do? Well, I would say go to my website ASAP right after I finish talking and get the book Choosing to Live. It's a fabulous workbook written by two cognitive therapists. It's How to Defeat Suicide Through Cognitive Therapy, and it's written by Thomas Ellis and Dr. Corey Newman, Drs. Thomas Ellis and Dr. Corey Newman. Corey Newman is fabulous. I met him in person, and he is... Ah, oh, he could help you so much. And if, if you can't see him personally, which I know, his book is tremendous. So the second, I'll give you some tips from their books. Um, people commonly, there are common reasons that people want to, they get to the, the end of their rope. They just feel like life will never get better, nobody loves me, or I can't succeed in life. There are, there are real fundamental views about themselves. I'm a failure, or I'm unlovable, or I'm no good, you know, some variation on that theme. There are views about other people. Nobody is there for me. People leave me. My relationships are broken, or everyone around me dies. You know, maybe you've had a lot of losses in your life, or there may be conclusions about the world which is the one that you're bringing. You know, there's nothing left for me in this world. I can't achieve my values in this world. Or it can be your future. What's the use? Why bother? Nothing ever goes right. And you're predicting a negative future right off the bat. Well, the good news is that all of those are massive distortions in 99.999% of people's cases. That there are wonderful things you can do, but when you pollute your mind with those ideas, it does indeed feel hopeless. So how do you get yourself out of this funk? Well, one of the peculiar things that this book uh, suggests that you do is to list, have an argument in your mind, list all the pluses of suicide. And you will notice with each one there is a catch, and I'll give you just one. If you say I'm a failure, at least I'll go out with one success, you know, suicide, and it will help me feel in control, my death. And the catch is that death is the ultimate failure. You want to be a failure? Death is the ultimate failure, and it's the ultimate way of feeling out of control of your life. If you ask questions that suicidal people typically ask, which are why, why bother trying, nobody cares, uh, how can I ever change, who would notice if I was gone, what's the point of going on, those are called negative rhetorical questions. They lead you no place. You want to replace those with positive questions, such as, what are my reasons for hurting or killing myself, and evaluate them. You want to, and to see if there are pos other possible solutions other than suicide, since that is the ultimate failure. What what would I tell a close friend in the same circumstances? How else would I reason, could I reasonably view my situation? What steps can I take to change my life rather than end it? Why do I sometimes not mind living? Meaning there are some good things, your daughter. And how might life, my life be better in the future? Start, if you ask yourself those questions, your mind looks for different data and it starts to erode away that hopelessness and give you some well-deserved optimism. Um, you need to act on the optimism, and that's important. So what your ideas really, really matter. Um, one uh, 
what from one of the my my favorite book Atlas Shrugged which is also at my website that may give you some hope too Atlas Shrugged and the Fountainhead by Ayn Rand uh, one of the the heroes in it he and his wife are separated for many times during the, uh, throughout the year and he puts himself in very dangerous situations and when we get back I will tell you the advice that he gives to someone who asks him the questions how can you how can you live through 11 months of the year or how can your wife live through 11 months of the year thinking at any moment that you might be killed I'll answer that. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and your phone calls toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and Dr. Edwin Locke. Just how do you go about judging someone? What one says is important, but to fully assess a person's character, values, and personality, observe not only what they say, but also how they act in different situations. If there is a contradiction between words and actions, treat the actions as representing the real person. Actions reveal your partner's actual operating values or philosophy. If a person claims to be honest but lies, that person is a liar. Partners cannot hide their real selves indefinitely. No matter how many times a person says he or she loves you, watch what that person actually does to show it. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com. <laughs> 